Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you. <laughs> Amazing. In some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. It's a rebuilding year. You ever hear a coach talk like that? You ever hear fans talk like that? Teams sucked it up last year. Maybe you did well, but then you lost all your good players. And now it's a rebuilding year. Well, that's normal. That's life. People go through cycles. Sports teams go through cycles. Political parties go through cycles. And there's simply no question the Republican Party is in a really down cycle. Anyway, you slice it, three of the last four terms of the presidency, Democrats. Democrats hold the Senate. Our red wave that should have been in the midterm was an absolute pathetic embarrassment. The party continues to pass bad bill after bad bill working with Democrats. This party is broken, lost, and rotted, and we needed to get a whole heck of a lot better if you and I are going to have any chance of saving this country. So, what's that look like? 
How do we rebuild? What needs to change? I mean, the, the list is very, very long. We're going to talk about a lot of different solutions. Great guests tonight. But I thought going over just a few bullet points here would probably help. One, lobbyist money. You know the number one industry in the federal government for lobbying money-wise? Pharmaceutical companies. Now, I want you to think back to the past couple years. All the endless COVID insanity, all the endless vaccine push from Democrats and Republicans. It's got to stop. It simply has to stop these gigantic industries. It's never the small mom and pop store. It's these gigantic industries. They spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on D.C. offices, on D.C. lobbying. They stroke these gigantic checks to Democrat and Republican campaigns. And the truth is, there's simply no way the Republican Party is going to be able to root out government corruption while they're still receiving vast quantities of lobbying money. I mean, you really want to know why the Republican Party won't address things like big tech? Why, why do they talk about it, but there's never anything done, never anything with teeth? Why? Go look at how many of them get donations from Google and other big tech companies. And look, you're never going to crack down big tech when you just took $50,000 in cash for your pack. Until we wake up and grow up and start refusing this open bribery, I mean, that's what it amounts to, is open bribery, nothing's going to change, nothing's going to get better. Earmarks are part of this whole thing. Earmarks are a huge part of this whole thing because this is what they do. They get these huge quantities of money from the lobbyists, and in turn, they end up putting in things in big omnibus bills, not that those are in the news or anything like that, things that are in omnibus bills that just happen to somehow end up going to the same industries that just lobbied them. The Democrats are a great example of this. Go look at the donations to Obama and then Joe Biden from things like the solar industry. Every major solar company. Hey, we're going to just donate a bunch of, just going to do some lobbying of Barack Obama and Joe Biden. What do you know? Soon another trillion dollar bill is passing and there are all kinds of earmarks in there with handouts for the solar industry. That's naked corruption out in the open. And Republicans are just as guilty of this. The top 10 Senate earmarkers for 2023, seven of the highest are Republicans. Lisa Murkowski, Lindsey Graham, James, James Inhofe. You cannot possibly rebuild a party with this level of corruption. Another thing we need to do, don't run away from, embrace cultural issues. I have watched the GOP lose on cultural issue after cultural issue because they don't even fight them. Now we have turbo freaks teaching your kids and drag queens reading books to your children and twerking for them on Nick Jr. because the Republican Party only wanted to be the party of low taxes. Guess what? Low taxes don't matter if your teenage son is chopping his penis off. Stop running away from issues like the, the LGBTQ insanity. Stop running away from issues like family. Stop running away from issues like life and instead be the party that actually stands for something. You never know. You might look around one day and find an army of voters behind you because they finally have somebody who speaks for them. And one thing I love about Heavy D, at least he talks about this stuff.
but what I've said is that the state of Florida is the state, uh, is the place where woke goes to die. Uh, we are not going to let this state, we're not going to let this state descend into some type of woke dumpster fire. We're going to be following common sense. We're going to be following, um, you know, facts, and that's just really, really important. So anyways, thank you guys for being here. God bless you all. It's good. Now, this is another one. And this is a really, really big one. It's going to sound ridiculous, but just let me explain. All right, I get emails to the show all the time. And one of the main themes of these emails is, Jesse, I love the show. You just sound like, he, sound like me. You sound like one of us. You sound like one of us. Well, one, I am one of you. I just got into media like yesterday. I just lived a normal life most of my life. But two, and this is a huge reason for that. Do I talk like you talk? Of course I do. Care about the things you care about? Of course I do. You know why? I don't live in Washington, D.C. or New York. Where you live matters. Whenever the show is over, whenever I get done, like this show, whenever I get done doing this show, and I pop this earpiece out of my ear, and I say goodbye to producer Matt and John and all the fellas, and I go home. I don't go hang out with lobbyists. I don't go hang out with congressmen and senators. I don't go hang out with campaign staffers. In fact, I don't have a single person in my life, in my area, who is a political person. I go and I hang out with normal people. All my neighbors are just normal people. Hanging out with normal people gives me perspective on how normal people think, what they care about, what they don't care about. That's why I sound like you. I just hang out with normal people just like you do. When I leave here, I'm going to go have a beer and play cornhole with the neighbors and watch the kids swim in the pool if it's heated up. That's what I'm going to do. A huge problem for these people is they spend way too much time, not only in Washington, D.C., but in political circles. But Washington, D.C. is a huge problem because the entire city is political. It's not like it's just the people who are elected. Virtually everyone in that city is connected to politics. How could you be so out of touch to think that Every single person, every Republican's number one concern is Ukraine. You spent way too much time in Washington, D.C. Making sure the Defense Department can deal <clears throat> with the major threats coming from Russia and China. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now according to most Republicans. That's sort of how we see the th challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. You've got to get out of Washington, D.C. You have got to be in Washington, D.C. for the bare minimum amount of time. Otherwise, you find yourself living in a world of make-believe, like old Mitch there. Another thing we need to do is toughen up. No more, we're better than that. No more. We do. We are, what about our principles? No more. Well, I, I don't want to be involved in a tit for tat. Those who broke the laws uh, will be held to account. But this cannot be, and it will not be, a tit for tat exercise. We are not going to lower the standards just to achieve a result. Yeah, he left the DOJ. Uh, Merrick Garland promptly went into the DOJ and started arresting pro-lifers for reading Bible verses. 
We have got to stop this. We're better than them. We're above that talk. And we have got to start punching back the same way they do. Until they fear us, they're never going to stop. Which brings us to the media. You want to know how to treat the media? You want to know how? Let's go to somebody you hate. Here's Nancy Pelosi, Grandma Vodka, showing you how you treat the media. Will you commit to serving your full two-year term for the people of San Francisco? What is this? this? Don't bother me with a question like that. Really? Really? Okay? Is that what I'm going to do? Yeah. Those kind of questions are such a waste of my time. No, I'm Yes, sir. They're not defenders of democracy. They're not journalists. They're pathetic, stupid, communist apparatchiks. And their goal in life every single day when they go down to their blog or their newspaper or CNN is to destroy you and every single thing you care about. Stop trying to earn their approval. In fact, start trying to earn their disapproval. You should be out there every day trying to earn their hate. There. That's a great start. Now we're going to talk to Aaron McIntyre about changing the mentality and what time it is. Next. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. The GOP sucks. It's not exactly news, but if you're anything like me, you're getting frustrated with this party of weak losers who doesn't know what time it is. They don't stand really for anything, and we're hungering for something new. We can have something new. We can try to rebuild this one. Joining me now, my friend Aaron McIntyre, who now, if I have this right, Aaron, works for The Blaze? Yes, sir. Just got started here recently. Congratulations, my friend. Well-deserved, not surprised in the least. All right, first of all, explain to people why the GOP sucks. Because a lot of people hate the GOP. It's not new. But what really makes them so useless? What's wrong with them? Well, of course, there's a lot of different issues. But the main one, I think, right now is the understanding of kind of where we're at. Like you said, what time it is. A lot of people in the GOP are still fighting as if they're somewhere in the 1990s. They're hoping that a small course correction in language, a general change in direction will kind of put everything back on uh, on track, right? And what we're seeing is that this continually playing the small ball and letting the frame get set by their opponents, instead of understanding that the people who are doing this are malicious and don't have your best interests in mind and don't share your values, is constantly leading them to failure. Well, if it's obvious, look, it's, this stuff is obvious to normal people. It's obvious to everyone watching you and me talk right now. It's obvious to me, and I have an IQ of five. So why do the Harvard-educated GOP senators not see what Mr. Construction can see? 
Well, again, there's a lot of different reasons. One reason is a lot of these people share a class and share an interest with many of the Democrats and those in power. These people work constantly in things like the security state apparatus. They're involved with federal law enforcement. They have deep interests when it comes to woke capital that is now aligned with the Democrats. And so while it's very useful for them to appear opposed to certain aspects, they make sure to never really challenge anything that's at the core of what's going on. And the people who are actually interested in changing things, the people who aren't completely bought and sold, in many ways, they're scared of taking on the big issues because as we're seeing from things like the Twitter files, the corruption runs deep into very essential parts of our state, like the FBI. And that's the kind of thing that you don't just draft a piece of legislation to fix. You can't just hold a committee hearing and hope that that's going to go ahead and scare people into acting correctly. It's a much more serious and much deeper problem that rubs a lot of very powerful people the wrong way. And a lot of people aren't willing to take that on. Why does it rub people the wrong way, Aaron? Because I, I totally agree with what you're saying. We're dealing with class differences here. But I would think a Washington, D.C. millionaire, just like the rural Iowa farmer, doesn't want his son to chop his penis off. Well, you would think that, but the social pressure is really immense. I mean, look what has happened in a party like the GOP over the last, you know, 10, 15 years just on the issue of the definition of marriage, right? The position of many people in the GOP is now very far to the left of people like Barack Obama and uh, Joe Biden just not that long ago. And so actually they're not interested in ruffling those fears in many, feathers in many way. They've taken those definitions and taken the values of the left on as the status quo. They are treating those things as a fait accompli and there's no reason for them to challenge any of that kind of stuff. This is also true again of things like the FBI. When you have people who for a very long time understandably have asked people to support the government, support you know people who are supposed to be protecting us, it's very difficult for them to turn around and say, okay, well, now those people, that now that apparatus is the same thing that is endangering many people who are in red states, conservatives trying to protect their children. That's a very difficult thing for many people to admit. That requires them to say, we made mistakes. We didn't see what was coming down the pipe. And when you're a leader, that's often the scariest thing to do. Aaron, you, you mentioned the very beginning, reframing, how we don't reframe. Uh, give me some kind of an example, some kind of an explanation. What does that mean? Because you're right, we allow them to set the terms. They, we play on their field with their referees, enforcing their rules at all times. It's amazing to watch. What should we be doing? Well, let's take a look at something really current, right? We just had Elon Musk kicking some journalists off the Twitter for doxing him and his kids, right? And it's an extremely dangerous situation. I believe Elon Musk's son was already uh, followed by a alleged stalker. So he's very taking this very seriously. And of course, we saw a bunch of right-wing, you know, uh, or people who are supposed to be right-wing, so conservative commentators rush to the defense of these journalists. And you can never kick them off. You can never even give them a temporary suspension for this kind of things because it's an abuse of power. But of course, these journalists would never treat anyone like that. They were, of course, endangering these people. They knew they were endangering these people. We've seen that journalists are regularly complicit in the intimidation and eventual uh, instigation of left-wing violence. We saw that with the riots of uh, uh, of the last election. We saw that with things like the, uh, the encouragement of illegal mobs outside the houses of Supreme Court justices. 
after the leak of the Roe versus Wade decision and uh, the eventual threats on people like Brett Kavanaugh. So we know that the journalists are more than happy to dox people, point mobs at them, threaten people, intimidate them. This is a regular feature of the left. But rather than recognize this and recognize that Elon Musk was taking steps to send a message to these people that, hey, you don't get to threaten my family. And I thought that was a conservative value, right? Fathers protecting their families. But instead, we got a bunch of really weak Republican GOP conservative commentator rushing forward saying, no, not that's those aren't our principles. We we can't have consequences for our enemies' actions. That would teach them the wrong lesson. And it's, I mean, how could we not lose with that kind of approach? Aaron, we haven't had a real third party, not a robust third party in this country, which is kind of weird. I mean, there, people don't realize, like, Canada has like 25 parties. Europe has a thousand. We have this real rigid two-party system here as dissatisfaction with both parties grows. Do you think we will finally get something we really haven't had, some kind of a third party rise? And I'm not talking about the libertarians. I mean, it's possible, but you, these often have very disastrous, disastrous effects for the parties they splinter off of, right? You look at something like the election of Woodrow Wilson, which happens because uh, Teddy Roosevelt decides to run against what was his original, originally appointed successor, Taft, right? And that ensures that Wilson wins. So splitting the party is just mathematically a failure in the United States over and over again. It's, it's pretty much always a mistake. I think you will see a rise of people who are very fed up with what's happening. Uh, again, I don't know that the GOP is is able to be reformed, but if, if there is going to be a popular political force that arises, it probably will need to take a path through the GOP, though what will be the GOP once it rises will look drastically different from what it looks like right now if it does. Aaron, the GOP as it's currently constituted, the potential 2024 field, we're talking about rebuilding it. Am I the only one who's basically indifferent to all these people at this point in time? I, everyone seems to be in love with someone. I, I'm not. I don't really care. Yeah, again, I think it's focusing on the wrong thing. I mean, don't give, obviously it matters who runs. That will be a big deal. But until the GOP is willing to address things that are a real systemic issue, a real mechanical issue for them, then I don't understand how they can move forward. As we're looking at the Twitter files, we now understand very clearly that federal law enforcement, the FBI, involves itself very directly in not only the censorship of regular people on social media and a very in a very politically motivated manner, but it actually directly uh, involves itself in uh, election outcomes. It, it wants to interfere in elections. We also see the the transformation of the voting system to now, you know, we instead of having day of elections, we now have weeks and weeks of possible, you know, ballot, ballot counting, all designed to allow the procedural manipulation by Democrats who have really invested heavily in controlling this apparatus to make sure that elections go their way. If you're a serious party, if the GOP ever wants to be a serious party, they have to address this stuff and they have to address it now. They can't sit around, you know, whinging about candidate quality or, you know, one or two talking points. Ooh, is the New York Times going to write a bad article about us? I don't know, guys. Right now, they're actually changing the way people get elected to assure that you can never, ever win again if they don't want you to. But yeah, okay, let's go ahead and wonder if the New York Post or the you know Washington Post is running something that you don't like. Aaron, yeah. come back soon, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, we'll be back.
what I found when I looked into how the RNC is spending donor money is that over $3 million since 2017 were spent on private jets. That's in addition to the uh, the commercial flights that probably the lower rung staffers have to take to where they're going. Uh, $750,000 on floral arrangements. And these are not flowers for events or fundraisers. If you're a staffer, a senior staffer, you get to go to things like uh, a Raiders game and a private box paid for by RNC donors or a retreat at the Salamander Resort and Spa that's about $1,000 a night just for the room. $43,000 at Top Golf, uh, $13,000 for shows like The Lion King on Broadway, insane amounts of spending, and $17 million on donor mementos. I do love Top Golf. I wonder if Kira loves Top Golf. Joining me now, my friend Kira Davis, editor at large, Red State. Kira, you're a woman, so you probably don't golf. At least I hope you don't. But have you been in Top Golf? I've not been in Top Golf, and no, I don't golf because the only thing that's more boring than golf is women golfing. <laughs> All right. All right, Kira, the RNC. Should I care about it? I, I do care about it, but I can't decide whether or not I should. Does it matter? Explain to people why it matters. Yeah, yeah, you should care about it because the RNC is tasked with raising funds and winning elections. The RNC if, uh, effectively is a leadership organization. It's supposed to set the tone for elections across the country. It's supposed to set strategy, both federally and locally. It's supposed to send help to local uh, to local Republican groups to help them win elections. So yeah, when we hear that the RNC is is spending $750,000 on floral arrangements. Yeah, you should be concerned about that. You know, uh, I was I was talking to Jennifer Van Lahr who broke the story and she was saying she was saying she spoke to a woman recently who said, "I work at a grocery store. I sent the the RNC a few dollars because I was so concerned about what was happening in this country." And don't we all get the RNC emails? every week, practically every day during election season, help us win this election, help us beat back the Democrats. And that's what she did. So she works 12 hours a day, comes home, feet aching, back sore. She's got to feed her family. She's sending her hard earned money thinking that they're spending her money on winning elections so that she can live a prosperous and peaceful life in this country she calls home. And what are they doing? They're going to places like top golf and spending $17 million on mementos for donors who are donating to win. They don't want the crystal, the crystal vase. They want to win. Now, Mitch McConnell, the GOP. Kira, it's not exactly secret what I feel about the low T GOP, but what I see when I see clips like this from Mitch McConnell, I find them to be so disheartening because it looks like they're not even close to caring about what we care about. Here's Mitch. Making sure the Defense Department can deal <clears throat> with the major threats coming from Russia and China, providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. That's sort of how we see the challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. Kira, have you More talked to a single Republican whose number one priority is Ukraine? 
Not a single one. In fact, I've only talked to Republicans who have said that should be our last priority. Now, I've talked to plenty of Democrats who think Ukraine should be our number one priority for whatever odd reasons. But yeah, this is just another sign of the complete disconnect between the Republican Party and the voting base. I even saw it when I was running for school board here, Jesse, in Southern California. As you know, I lost that race. But uh, one of the issues that I and other candidates in my area had is the state and county GOP really just not understanding the temperature of the electorate right now. So part of our problem, besides whatever shenanigans might be going on um, on the Democrat side and with elections, part of the problem too is that I'm sorry, the Republican voter base is getting less and less motivated every day. And that is because leadership is stuck in 1992. And I don't know if I, I don't have to remind you that we are coming up on 2023. It is a completely different landscape, even from three years ago. So to even rid ourselves of, of a lifer like Ronna McDaniel, someone who's just in the system forever, even to do that sends some kind of message. You know, it's like they're not hearing us and I'm not sure what can be done to make them hear us except for some important people to lose their jobs. Doesn't look like Mitch McConnell is gonna lose his job anytime soon unless he drops dead. But there is a chance for Ron McDaniel Daniel to be made an example of. Yeah, why would they hear us, Kira? And, and honestly, this is something I've been expressing in the past couple of days. Why would these losers like Mitch McConnell ever change their ways when every single time there was a Republican primary, Mitch McConnell is going to get 70 plus percent of the primary vote in his state, my own state, Texas, uh, weapons grade loser, John Cornyn is a senator. He's been a senator for 20 years, been a loser for 20 years, over 70 percent of the vote over and over and over and over again. These Republican primary voters go out and vote these losers back in. Of course, they're not worried. Yeah, I, they're also not worried because they're all protected by the DC bubble, you know, the Beltway bubble. So they're there. Once you get inside the Beltway, you know this just as well as I do, Jesse. Once you get inside the Beltway, those people are all the same. Democrats, Republicans, they, they're all working together. They're married to each other. Their kids go to school together. They go to the same cocktail parties. We really aren't looking at Republicans versus Democrats or left versus right right now at this moment in history. We're looking at voters versus the the political class. I don't know what the answer is to get voters to wake up or pay attention. Sure, Mitch McConnell is going to win that race by set, you know, with the 70% margin, but also what's the voter turnout for primaries? I mean, here in California, the primary race has got 18% of the voter so voter base. So again, going back to circling back to Ronna McDaniel, you know, there this is a leadership problem as well. And that's what has to change. So maybe we can't change leadership at the election level, but there seems to be a lot of buzz to get the RNC leadership changed. It's a small sliver of hope, I realize, but it's one I'm clinging to because once you have that leadership change, then you have somebody, hopefully, who is going to be willing to go out there and do the work of motivating the base to get out there. No one, no Republican candidate should be satisfied with an 18% primary turnout in their state. It's pathetic. And the fact that it keeps happening says that the GOP is not doing their job. That's true. It's true. And it, and it shows how complacent we are, too. I don't like the Republicans. I don't like the Republicans. Oh, no, I don't vote in primaries. What, what are we doing out there? All right, Kira, something else that drives me crazy. 
like I love that you ran for school board. I tell people run for school board all the time. The most blessed thing that happens to me is people who email me, Jesse, I did what you said and ran and I won and I won. Kira, you ran, you lost. I've run twice and lost. It hurts. You pour your blood, sweat, and tears into it and you lose. There's no question about it. It hurts. I can personally testify to that. But it's still something good to get in the fight. Would you tell people to get in the fight? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I hope you have me back on your show to talk about my new book, which is launching on January 25th. It's called Drawing Lines. And in that book, I describe why it is really important for conservatives to figure out where your line is, draw it, and then get in that battle. Pick a lane, get in it, and stay there. We really don't have any more ground to concede. And I know there's a lot of people out there looking at us, Jesse, going, why? I don't have time to run for office. I mean, what a monumental task. And it is. We can both speak to the fact that you sacrifice a lot of your life and your family's lives to do this. But you don't have to only do that. And that's the thing that I want Americans to understand, specifically conservative Americans. We have this idea that if I'm not doing something big, I'm not contributing. But there's something you can do wherever you are. You could just be the person. I ran into a grandma who goes into her uh, grandkids' uh, school libraries and just looks at the library books, see what's in there. If anything flags her attention, she'll bring that up at the school board meeting. I talked to a school librarian this weekend who can't get rid of these strange sexually explicit books in her school library. But what she can do is she can add to the library. And so she brings in conservative books to the library. And then she hosts a discussion group with the students. You know, there's something you can do anywhere. You can knock on doors for a candidate. You can start a blog for your local city council, show up to one meeting a year and just type, type, type and watch how they freak out because someone's watching them for once. You know, there are all, get on a committee. You know, a lot of people don't understand that their city councils have all kinds of committees that run all kinds of things. And these are not elected positions. You can get appointed to these committees. And a lot of them have a process for citizens to apply to be on the committees. They just depend on us not being curious about the process or knowing. Get on a committee, get on a redistricting committee. You're allowed to do that. There are so many places, America, that you can stand up and stand still if you look, but don't depend on other people to do it. There's no cavalry coming. You are the cavalry. So there's no more one person to do it. There's no Superman, there's no super Trump. You know, There's no one person that's gonna fix this. It's up to you. So you can decide if you're just gonna let the left run roughshod over America and just throw up your hands and go, well, we gave it a good shot. I guess let's, it's just, we'll just take whatever scraps we can get or you can fight. I don't know how to quit. I wish I did. It seems like it would be easier. I don't know how to quit. America, you don't have to quit either. Pick something, stand there and tell people, I'm standing here. You're not gonna push me any farther. There's no more yardage behind us to get. Like we are at the absolute edge of the cliff here. Kira Davis, amen. Thank you, Kira, appreciate you. All right, Scott Pressler joins us next. Everybody, this is Scott Pressler. There's a reason why you haven't seen much of me, and it's because for the last month and a half, I've been pretty much 
bed bound and I almost lost the ability to use my legs. I have a blood disease that triggered my anemia and my weight got dangerously low. The good news is I have a great doctor who's taking care of me and I will recover from this. Joining me now, grassroots organizer for the Republican Party. Well, let's, let's hope we, this guy sticks around for a long time, Scott Pressler. Scott, first and foremost, you're feeling better, right? Because you're kind of like the most important person in the right-wing movement at this point in time. Well, thank you. I know it was killing me not being able to get out the vote before Election Day, but to the Democrats' surprise, I'm feeling better and I'm ready to rock and roll. <laughs> so let's go. Uh, all right, Scott, you're actually on the ground, knocking on doors, recruiting people, registering new voters. I, I, I know this is old news now, but the midterms, well, they went okay. They didn't go the way we all wanted. We didn't get our red wave. I want your opinion. Why? Well, you know, this may be an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to speak pointedly. I think that unless we change our voting habits as conservatives, as Republicans, we're going to continue to lose elections. And we can't afford any longer to wait to vote on one day, election day. We saw that in Arizona. We saw that in Harris County, Texas. Tabulation errors, machine errors, they ran out of paper ballots. And all the while, Democrats are either mail-in voting, early in-person voting, or ballot harvesting. So while the majority of Republicans are waiting to vote on one single day, the Democrats are locking in millions of votes leading into Election Day. And so I've become a major proponent. Yes, we're going to vote on Election Day, but we must also early in-person absentee ballot. And where it's legal, we're going to do ballot harvesting of our own. Okay, Scott, now if, pretend I'm dumb. That should be difficult for you. Why does that matter? Because you're right, it does, but I want you to explain for people. Why does it matter? Hey, I vote election day, Hugh votes early. What's the big deal? It's just one vote for one vote. Who cares? Why does it matter? Well, it's actually a variety of reasons. One of them is uh, psychological in part, you know, because I remember in 2016, the Democrats were saying, Hillary Clinton has banked such an enormous early vote lead that it will be nearly impossible for Donald Trump to win in 2016. And they were trying to use that information to suppress the vote. And unfortunately, some people, they buy into polls, they buy into uh, that propaganda coming from the media. And we saw going into the 2022 election how that early voting advantage actually worked in our favor. How the Democrats were reporting, oh my gosh, for the first time, Republicans in Florida are actually leading in mail-in voting, in early voting, leading in Miami-Dade, one of the bluest of blue counties in the state. And also think about this for a second. So I already talked about how the Democrats are banking votes, absentee, early voting, mail-in voting. That means that there are fewer people and fewer resources that have to be dedicated by the Democrats in order to contact people who have yet to vote. Now, if we as Republicans, if we wait until one day, that means that we're having to 
allocate more resources, more time to contact people who may already have a plan to vote as opposed to the low propensity voter or the voter who may not want to show up and needs that extra knock on their door. So the Democrats are at a huge advantage by participating at early voting. And unless Republicans do so, then we're going to continue to have to fight an uphill battle every single election. All right, so you mentioned ballot harvesting, legal ballot harvesting. This is, this is something that obviously we do have to embrace. What does the normal person do? How does the normal person get involved watching me right now? Yeah, I want to do this too. I want to help. I want to help. Can a normal person help? Or is this just for Washington, D.C. elite people? No, this is for everybody. And, you know, I'm demystifying the process because everybody hears ballot harvesting. And I know it has a negative connotation, but that's only in part because the Democrats have been the one utilizing that tool to their advantage. And so I'm currently in the process right now of creating a ballot harvesting manual that is going to reflect all of the rules, statutes, and regulations for all 50 states. I'm not only doing research on the laws, but I'm even doing the due diligence of calling county clerk offices to make sure that I'm crossing my T's and dotting my I's. And it's quite frankly, Jesse, it's been eye-opening that I just found out in the state of Colorado, for example, any person, you don't have to be a voter, you don't even have to be a citizen. Any person can deliver up to 10 mail-in ballots in the state of Colorado. And that's even including me as a Virginian. I can ballot harvest legally in the state of Colorado. And so opening this process up to the electorate, to average citizens, is going to exponentially help Republicans if we utilize it going into the 2023 and 2024 elections. Scott, okay, so normal people can get involved. I'm not worried about you, obviously, and I'm actually not worried about normal people. I know they want good things, but I am worried about our useless GOP leadership. I really genuinely am, Scott. They're all right back there. They're all a bunch of nutless losers. They don't accomplish anything except lining their own pockets, and I'm worried they're going to keep getting in our way and holding us back. Well, they're going to try, Jesse. And that's why I'm leading the charge with respectfully and politely that I think it's time for change within our Republican Party. And we need a change of leadership. With all due respect to Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel of the RNC, the Republican National Committee, I am firmly supporting and endorsing Harmeet Dillon to become our next chairwoman of the RNC. The vote is going to happen on January 27th. And if any of you listening, watching, want new leadership within our party, then it is incumbent and demanded upon you that you make your voices heard. And you can do so by going to hireharmeet.com. That's H-I-R-E-H-A-R-M-E-E-T.com. And what you're going to have is a list of all 50 states, including U.S. territories, where you have three voting RNC members that you are going to be able to email. If you love Chairwoman McDaniel, that's fine. Make your voice heard. If you want change of party leadership within the Republican Party, then make your voice heard because these elected officials need to be reminded that they represent us. They don't represent these elitist, 
donors. They should actually be trying to court us as donors within the Republican Party. And I do just have to say one thing. You know, I saw the RNC spending report where they were spending money on clothing and luxury travel and private jets. And I don't want to pat myself on the back. That's not my intention. But while they're spending their money that way, here you have activists like me, grassroots on the ground, that I'm driving in a 2005 Honda Civic with Powerades and granola in the back of my car going down to Georgia to knock on doors for Herschel Walker. That's the kind of activism that we need within the Republican Party, where we don't appeal to the top, but we appeal to the grassroots, to the base. And we can do that by helping to elect Harmeet Villain as the next RNC chair. Scott, one last thing. Voter registration, that has been your bread and butter. You've been kicking butt at it. How's it been going? It's going great even continued to this day, despite the fact that we were not as successful as we hoped for in the 2022 midterms, we're seeing continued increase in voter registration for Republicans in North Carolina. I'm going to look at the details that are coming out today for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, where we continue to narrow the Democratic advantage in that Commonwealth. But I do want to open up conversation very briefly to what my plans are for 2023, because we have important statewide elections. My foci are going to be on winning the governorship in Louisiana, flipping that from blue to red, winning the governorship in Kentucky, flipping that governorship from blue to red. And we also have state legislative races in Jersey and Virginia. And last, this is of the utmost importance, that in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, we have two critical Supreme Court state seats that are gonna be up. In Wisconsin, we have to hold the seat in order to keep our conservative majority. And in Pennsylvania, we have the opportunity to flip a seat, which would only give Democrats a narrow majority of four to three. And those are gonna be important seats that we need in order to go into 2024, because we know that there are gonna be legal battles. Scott Pressler, go get him, my man. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. All right, we got final thoughts. Next. We must rebuild. Yes, the party sucks. No question about that. But all that means is we have lots of room for improvement. Let's hope many, many GOP House members and Senate members were watching tonight and we could begin somewhere. Let's start pushing them that way, huh? All right, we'll do it again. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. 
Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount.